Hey guys, how is everyone? Amazing. Whoa, almost fell off stage. That's the way to go. I'm used to hosting these conversations on Zoom, and I think this is actually yeah. the first time that we've met in person, though we had a conversation back in 2020, I think, the first time. Oh, of course. Yeah. So conversation, you'll notice there's somebody missing from the stage here. Unfortunately, Joyce is unable to make it today. Um, but you know, joined by Rob here and Bradley, two folks that are deeply involved in the infrastructure layer of social money, social tokens, um, you know, have been in market building for uh, years now at this point. And so hoping we can dive into some of like, the nitty gritty details of that and uh, see what sort of insights you guys have learned over the last little while. My name is Jess. I have the pleasure of leading a DAO called Seed Club, which is really interested in social tokens and community tokens, uh, and have had the pleasure of working with both these projects in various ways over, over the last few years. Um, so, so maybe just start, like, why, why social money? Why s social tokens? Why is this so important given, you know, aren't people making money on the internet as, as influencers today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, first, quickly, I just want to get, uh, like, a temperature check on the audience. So, like, who here... Uh, has a MetaMask wallet or some sort of Web3 wallet. Amazing. OK. OK. Uh, who here uh, has an NFT? Amazing. Seeing some pros here. And uh, who here uh, contributes to a DAO? All right. Looks like we have some, some pros here. Cool stuff. Um, well, yeah. Um, hopefully, by the end of this talk, you guys will you know, be able to give a TED talk on you know, social tokens and, and social money and all this stuff. Um, really quickly, like we, we're, for the first time in the history of money, uh, we're seeing monetary systems enter the public commons. Uh, so this is to say anyone can uh, create, participate, and run policy around a monetary system. And, the, uh, this, this is sort of largely um, you know, happening around communities. And the form uh, that it's taking is a social token. Uh, if you step back maybe you know, 40 years ago to the first uh, few uh, channels in the US, you know, CBS, NBC, you could sort of start to see that like, you know, you're in a spot where only, um, you, know, you can only create channel through these types. You can only create content through these types of channels. And now, you know, 40 years later, um, you know, you can, um, you know, basically, you're entering a world where, you know, 30, there's 30 million channels and anyone anywhere can create content. You're seeing that same thing happen right now with money itself. So anyone, anywhere, anytime can create their own money or token. And uh, this is going to have some pretty seismic implications on, um, you know, the state of the internet, applications, finance. Um, and we're seeing social tokens really um, make a difference here. Um, Role uh, is sort of infrastructure that allows anyone to mint and financially grow a social token. You just heard from a, a role creator, Whale Shark, and so we're around 500 creators in. And um, yeah, we're really focused on how to financially grow these things over time. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let um, uh, Julia. Yeah, hi everyone. Rob Collier, uh, COO for at Red Rally. Yeah, I think social tokens are really important because as we think about sort of what's happening now in this space is that it's really about the human experience and sort of and how we sort of think about that interaction. Um, and at the same time, how do we think about the value creation uh, in those environments uh, based on the, the engagement from creators and communities? And so social tokens gives us, gives us that mechanism to be able to one, capture that, that value creation for the creator as well as communities, as opposed to from a centralized approach of that value becoming sort of captured by the, the, the centralized entity. 
And so social tokens are important in that aspect of allowing us not only to engage meaningfully in those uh, economies in a digital environment, but also allowing for the capture of that value. So Bradley, I know you used the word social money and, and your sort of introduction here is around looking at tokens as money. Um, is that the right framing here? I mean, we're seeing, I think, so many NFT collections or NFT-based uh, communities really thrive over the last little while. And, and maybe you'd argue that those, you know, it's not about building an economy, it's not about building money, it's about sort of representing ownership and incentivizing at, a, at maybe more of an organization level. Is money the right framing here? Money is a frame with which to think about tokens, which is to say there's like an inherent utility and use case. Um, so I think a, a part of this panel is uh, focused on like the next, let's say, 100 million billion creators. So that has to be a world in which you're earning this stuff on Twitch and spending it on Shopify or participating in this way. And so there's some sort of inherent utility. And so, you know, we think very similar to like how the internet has evolved where you know, I think in terms of social tokens, we're very much in like, um, maybe where blogs were in like the early 2000s, right? There's like one blogging platform, Blogger, and we all kind of you know, used it. There's a few thousand blogs. And um, we're, if this stuff is going to start hitting 100 plus million creators, um, there's got to be some tools, almost similar to um, how Squarespace thinks about websites or you know, Shopify thinks about e-commerce stores that provide a bunch of tools. And so... Money is just sort of like an easy framework with just to think about sort of a use case and participation here. Uh, we're so excited to see things explode beyond, beyond money uh, and folks actively start to, to, to use these tools to participate in DAOs and you know, many other things. So, Robin, I know uh, I think the, the initial launch of Rally had more of a fungible token involved, and I think you sort of stepped into NFTs. How have you sort of thought about the evolution of, of the infrastructure you guys are building as obviously being driven by use cases in the market? Yeah, I think infrastructure is sort of top of mind. I think throughout the conference today, the theme, one of the themes that's sort of emerging is sort of infrastructure as well as sort of data analytics and how we think about gathering insights and interoperability and things like that. And so for Rally, I think the, you know, uh, Rally is sort of built on a private blockchain and we understand like we've gathered a lot of learnings from sort of this sidechain environment in a very sort of safe and sandbox environment. But we do understand the future of of rallying the ability to scale uh, to those billion users uh, uh, we were just talking about uh, is on mainnet. And so we're starting to think about infrastructure and investing in those sort of L1 solutions that allow us to scale and have the meaningful impact that we want to have going forward. So I'm curious for both of you, as you've seen and worked with you know, hundreds of creators at this time, what, what is the right type of creator or who, who are the right users to launch these tokens? Because I think there's been quite the evolution over the last few years. Yeah, in, in 2019, it was basically anyone that, uh, you know, um, had, had a MetaMask wallet or, or, or sort of anything like this. And now we're seeing um, the concept of social tokens kind of enter uh, the public conscious in, in a pretty big way. Uh, we just heard from Whale Shark kind of um, say that, you know, social tokens are probably where, like, NFTs were in, like, uh, 2020. And uh, really, really agree with that. And so what we're seeing at our vantage point is... Anyone that has a community online and wants to uh, coordinate that community in a way where ownership becomes a feature, so that is uniquely possible through social tokens, right? I can't subscribe or like or become a member in any way and consider myself at least an interoperable owner of this new community-based system. And so that's uniquely possible with, with social tokens. So anyone that wants to do that, anyone that wants to express themselves 
um, you know, online. Um, we're, we're, so we're building infrastructure that makes, uh, makes, makes uh, you, you uniquely better off if you have a token. And so really it's for anyone, you know, building a community that wants to coordinate and express themselves online. Yeah, I think for, for us, we're thinking really deeply about sort of as sort of the creative economy communities sort of evolve, we're starting to think, to think deeply about this. I think um, to Bradley's point, the, the definition or, or you know, architect of like the creator has so many different layers and could show up in different ways. Uh, and so for us, we think about sort of different creator types, but more importantly, we think about sort of communities and healthy communities and the types of communities that we want on the platform that are led not only just by creators, but by a team of creators. And so we also think about, you know, the types of communities that we think are ultimately sort of successful. This is hard work. I mean, having a community having sort of a, a digital economy is hard work. And so we're thinking about sustainable, healthy communities. And part of that is thinking about communities who have sort of a mission or objective uh, in terms of uh, what they're trying to accomplish together, uh, shared values, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so we start to focus more on communities uh, in terms of what that looks like. And then you start getting into like DAOs and sort of what's happening in that space. And that becomes really exciting and interesting as well. I think that throughput of, of or through line of community being the key, I think, is is a, a shift that maybe some folks haven't quite caught on to yet. I think the idea of sort of the, the best social token for an individual influencer might just be an NFT collection. But when we sort of step into these um, communities that have multiple people coming together, the values created through innovation, they have a big adventure that they're, they're moving towards. Um, they start to feel, I think, a lot more like a quasi startup than they feel like yeah. a sort of Patreon or like a, an on-chain Patreon. Uh, so I, yeah, I think that's fascinating. You know, we've had the, the pleasure of working with 50 some odd projects through Accelerate over the last while, and and that you know run four four cohorts, and we've seen a, a major shift in the last two away from fungible tokens being the core asset that these communities launch with to NFTs, and the numbers are, are rather striking. It went from maybe 10 percent launching NFTs in our last batch at the beginning of, of uh, or at the end of last year to beginning of this year being 90 yeah. percent launching NFTs. So. Um, it, it, most of that is driven by just sort of like the, the amount of effort and cost that goes into providing liquidity and allowing for a market to develop. And I, I know you, you sort of both of your projects have uh, taken unique steps to kind of build that sort of infrastructure out. But I'm, I'm curious if we can maybe outline some of the, the difficult, hard things that go into actually launching these tokenized communities. Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. So at Roll, we think of, uh, we think of social tokens as a platform agnostic um, pieces of code, so smart contracts that exist uh, regardless of what, of what happens to the underlying platform role. And um, so this allows these smart contracts um, on Ethereum to plug into other applications. Um, so at Roll, an exchange, uh, but Roll tokens exist on dozens of exchanges, uh, so Whale Sharks token in particular, and, and certain sort of many others, being Uniswap, SushiSwap, Balancer, and, and centralized exchanges. And we're able to, to think about that because we've untethered uh, the concept of our smart contracts, our infrastructure, from someone else's token. And this is what allows substantial markets to form, right? So we have creators on roll whose market cap and liquidity uh, is larger than some startups or sort of DeFi projects. And directionally, we think the economics of that uh, are very powerful for creators and, and inevitable. Um, 
And so the work that needs to be done in, in terms of in terms of what Jess is saying to you know, steer social tokens to the next level is doing things that are uniquely possible through social tokens. Um, so the idea of having a few million dollars of you know, liquidity sitting in a decentralized exchange, um, you know, that's uniquely suited for social tokens. Um, the ability to connect your token to a card network like Visa or MasterCard and allow me to like buy you dinner in Whale or like some other liquid tokens, uniquely possible through social tokens. And so uh, the role of infrastructure is largely providing um, a lot more utility. And I think we'll see that and we're, we're all definitely kind of you know, building towards that in the next few years. Yeah, I think the, um, the hard part or we're seeing with communities and creators who are leading those communities is really looking for sort of additional creator infrastructure and tools to help power their community. And so right now, Rally sort of started with the focus of really around bonding a community around a social token. Um, and that community exists not just on Rally, but in multiple sort of on multiple platforms and communicating that way. And they use different tools to create, to create content, to engage, et cetera, et cetera. And so what we're seeing is that creators want more tools around engagement. Uh, they want to be able to consolidate their audiences or communities across multiple platforms. Uh, they want the ability to communicate effectively and efficiently with those communities and not having to do that on multiple sites. And so they're wanting to have these tools that are integrated or at least uh, provide sort of efficiency around like how they power those communities. And I think it's also, I think people are finding out that it's also not just sort of, you know, there are volumes of books on just community design and organization, and that work is hard. But when you start thinking about an economy, a community economy, like that work is also hard, right? Because now you have to manage that economy, right? You have to think about things of, of policy and, uh, you know, preservation value and those types of things and equity within that community as well. So those two things combined make it really challenging. And, you know, to me, I think our goal uh, over the next uh, year or so is really to build that infrastructure and tools that makes that become easier and easier uh, and reducing that friction uh, between those sort of two concepts. Yeah, I want to steer us at some point to that, you know, what needs to exist for, for this sort of world to really take place. Um, but there's sort of a, a dynamic that exists in so many of these communities that is seen as a, a feature, but often shows up as a bug, and that is early liquidity, right? You know, like a benefit to, for many startups is that, you know, you have uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years to a liquidity event, and you're building value and, and, and building, you know, finding product market fit, creating revenue, all these sort of things that actually, you know, underpin a, sort of a, a sustainable economy or, or business. Uh, in crypto, we get liquidity almost immediately. And I think in, in both the projects here, I think that, you know, that's, that's definitely a, a feature. The bug comes when you start to see volatile prices, you start to see short-term-minded speculation um, ever rampant in our space. Uh, so I'm curious, like, how do you guys think about either building products or, or supporting your creators to manage the, the real obvious short-term incentives, but also, you know, I think we all believe that the long-term value here is, is far greater than those short-term rewards. Yeah, I'll start. So, like, in 2019, when Roll started, um, the concept of DAOs was very nascent. I would go so far as to say when people were thinking about DAOs in 2019 at a very large level, it actually did not involve a token. 
it was, it was a collective of people that wanted to uh, deploy ETH in, in certain ways or whatever, you know, layer one native token. Um, now, you know, there's, there's waves of innovation that have happened, right? 2019 is many years ago, three years ago. And so um, with DAOs actively wanting to form tokens, um, we actually need to sort of rethink um, our, the responsibility of infrastructure at like the contract level. Um, and so what organization should be in charge um, of this token and deploying liquidity? Um, and it's almost like another layer or feature of community. Um, and so, you know, one thing we've kind of oriented with our contracts is allowing different, basically, slots to kind of form. So uh, maybe the creator is, has a separate wallet that will get X amount of tokens, but maybe there's a larger organization, a governing organization, uh, that gets you know a majority of those tokens, and maybe that's collectively you know these 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 true fans, if you will, of the of the creator. And we're actually seeing this is probably the future of community. There's probably a better. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about, but you know the, the stewards of the future direction of the community. Um, you know, uh, in many cases, uh, should be the fans uh, more so than the actual creator. It's almost like the you know creator is just sort of a guiding force. Um, that if the more you cede control to your users and community, the more amazing things happen. And so directionally, we're fascinated by this and we love that we don't really need to build DAO infrastructure. You know, there's many brilliant thinkers out there that are doing this. Uh, we'll kind of stay deep, deep at the infrastructure level and allow some really brilliant, you know, DAO ops and, and other applications to kind of form. And all, we, all they need to do is interact with, uh, you know, these contracts. Yeah, I think... I mean, that's a really good question. I think the, um, this kind of goes back to sort of, we were alluding to like social money and sort of that's the right framing, right? So to me, like, I think about a social token and to me a token, whether it's fungible, non-fungible, merely represents a value of a basket of rights, right? And that rights may be value, it may be access, it may be um, uh, some other value that's that's programmable in a smart contract, right? And so to me, as the technology uh, improves and as innovation continues, I think that you'll see other ways to you know, kind of program tokens in a way that is sort of specific to the creator economy to whereby it'll reduce that volatility. I can see someone thinking about you know, how to create sort of a, a social token that sort of aligns with one, the engagement, the followers, of a particular creator or community, um, the, the, the perks that are being offered. And that can sort of start to kind of unlock that volatility. But right now, I think, you know, I think what we have now is sort of this uh, focus on sort of using the technology as it is today and getting that adoption of the power of, of tokens to be able to empower communities. You know, the other thing about this is that, you know, uh, Social tokens, in terms of price, is, uh, has a lot of volatility. We're seeing projects in the creator economy space that evolve in, that involve like stable coins, right? And so to me, that feels a little bit more like e-money than sort of crypto. But I think it's pretty powerful to have, if you're really focused on creating meaningful um, income objectives as well as wealth development in terms of value creation for communities and creators, to me, it does have to have some ability for that appreciation for it to be meaningful. Uh, and so, 
it's going to be interesting how we solve that problem, but today we haven't quite uh, nailed that volatility issue. I think there's sort of two ways that the teams are solving this. One is they're diversifying their treasury if it's more of a DAO or community, and so they're paying people in stable and then yeah. earning something on top of it. Uh, and then two, I think this sort of um, perpetual auction mechanics that are coming out of Nouns, DAO, and, and, and those types are kind of putting, you know, at least allowing those, those communities to capture a lot more of the, the value, the, the resources to be able to put into, yeah. into place. So I think those are, are, are super interesting. You know, if we, we sort of turn to think about the future here a little bit, you know, um, the, the, the infrastructure required for the next billion creators to come on, let's assume that that's the, the goal here. Um, you know, there are any number of scaling issues that exist in, in you know, existing crypto space and L1s. Uh, I'm curious how you think about, let's start there. I'll go through a few, few different categories here. We think what, what needs to exist for this really to sort of be a big unlock. So let's start off with, Layer ones, uh, you know, the, the base blockchains that we're using to to manage these token economies. Do we have what it takes right now, or does there need to be a big shift there? Yeah. Um, so there, there there definitely needs to be a, a a big shift. There's just not enough throughput for um, you know Cardi B to have a token on on sort of an L1, right? Um, but I think everyone has sort of heard this term on Twitter. It doesn't really have a definition yet. It'd be a good blog post if anyone wants to, to write about it. Um, it's a term um, called uh, you know, Web 2.5. And it's this idea that you know, we're not necessarily at full stage Web 3, you know, 100 million, billion users yet. We're sort of in this intermediate phase where people are playing around with this stuff in a unique way. But it's pretty hard to get it in everyone's hands. And there's some lessons to be learned. So you can consider like social tokens to be like the long tail of money, right? So you'll have your top, you know, 50 assets, and then you'll have this like, you know, this fatter tail of, you know, the next, you know, 10 million tokens that will be something like social tokens. So if you guys were to go to PayPal and uh, buy Bitcoin on PayPal, um, that whole, the whole infrastructure behind that is a company called Paxos, uh, you know, providing the wallets. Uh, PayPal just did, you know, um, uh, withdraws to non-custodial wallets, so it's all Paxos behind the scenes. If you go to um, public.com and you, know, you can buy you know, um, a bunch of different you know, tokens there, that's a company called Apex Crypto behind the scenes doing all of that. And so our kind of view is that, and we're seeing this with NFTs right now, uh, the platforms that have 100 million plus users, um, they're not going to go anywhere. They're still going to be around. They're still going to think about these things. Um, they probably won't be first movers, um, but they're going to want to get interested in a, big, in a big way. And just because of the DNA of, of how they work, they won't necessarily be the innovation team behind these sorts of things. And uh, I think this is where these sorts of companies you know, can, can really thrive, right? So it's like, how does a company like Spotify or Patreon or uh, Twitter you know, th uh, think, or think, think about these things, right? And so they have the user base but they probably don't have the infrastructure set up to do this in a real interoperable way where it's plugging into different things and it's multi-chain. And so, yeah, I think the key may be these, these large platforms we all hate, but uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get to a point where we actively need to, to work with them and, and, and thrive with them. Yeah, I think at the, um, at the yeah, one level, uh, I don't really think too deeply about the at the L1 level because the competition between L1s and, and getting users on L1s will sort of solve that problem for itself. And we're sort of seeing that, I mean, across the spectrum, there are a number of L1s are just popping up every other month and they have lower gas fees uh, and unique attributions that 
are really attracting, uh, you know, really attracting a lot of developers. For me, it's really thinking about interoperability across those L1s and sort of what does that look like and feel like for you know, the average uh, consumers or early adopters who are trying to build community, how to reduce that friction. You know, they don't really care about, communities don't really care about like an L1, they really care about like, are you helping me to reduce the friction of getting people into my community and being able to meaningfully participate? So I think another way to think about infrastructure is maybe the intellectual or social infrastructure to, to grow this. You know, we're, we're expected to, uh, participating in crypto generally increases the responsibility one must have around their assets. When you step into launching tokens, there's this whole other level of responsibility. You know, people are putting their money and their you know, time, effort, money into into your community. And so what, what do we need to change from like an, uh, or evolve from an education perspective to sort of unlock this next wave? Yeah, I think we need to stop making up like crypto native terms that maybe don't make sense to like, you know, a billion people and actually start using. <laughs> okay, uh, that's, that's awesome. And <laughs> didn't expect that. Uh, yeah, and start using terms that make sense to a lot of people. We all could make up terms. I'm sure everyone on the stage can make up a really brilliant term right now that can get you know, a, a bunch, of, bunch of applause. Um, but I think it's thinking about, and we, we, we try and, me and my co-founder, we, we try and sit down and think about you know, just a lexicon of words that people understand at like a seventh grade level and like how we can derive true unique Web3 utility around them. And so recently we've gotten excited about the concept of membership and what it means to be a member and uh, how, uh, again, how utility is uniquely derived, maybe at an on-chain level. And so, you know, at Roll, you know, we, we largely like to build infrastructure. So we're thinking around this idea of like membership primitives that can like plug into many other applications. Um, rewards is another one, right? Um, so how can we think about rewards in a way that makes sense, but is, is truly unique to Web3? So you may have this crazy exchange where you can do many things, but maybe you could frame it as a reward. You know, this is, this is how you receive this reward. Maybe you need to become a member in this way and then receive a reward. Um, so I think it all comes down to um, really just, just breaking this down and asking the question, you know, what would this look like if it were easy? Which is something we try to ask you know, every day when we, we build products or, or talk to you know, communities and creators. Yeah, I wanted to give you a high five on that one. Uh, you know, I think, and I tell people all the time, like, I want to be in a DAO without knowing I'm in a DAO. <laughs> like, I just want to participate and work on and be a part of those communities that I just enjoy, right? And um, to me, I think thinking about, um, you know, one, the actual experience as opposed to that thing, like, you don't really think about the utility of a dollar. You just use that thing in a particular experience. And to me, like, I think there are so many experiences that are happening now in AR and VR uh, around community uh, digitally. And to me, the experience of having a connection through the community through, um, you know, NFT or a personalized sort of community token is very powerful. Like I can envision sort of, you know, uh, in a gaming environment, in the metaverse or going to a yoga class and you are in this world. And, the creator of that world accepts, you know, or the economy of that world is involving personalized tokens or community tokens, and that's how you, you bond each other to that particular uh, vision. It's not necessarily the token that is sort of front and center, it's more about the experience in that environment. 
And to me, that's the most powerful, the most powerful thing that I think will sort of elevate all the other stuff that we're working on is really those experiences in the digital environment to whereby uh, we can fully sort of engage. I, mean, I love the idea of simplicity and, and clarifying those language. I think it's a very difficult thing when we have very understandable terms of what membership means, and yet we spent a long time up here talking about ownership and like the nuance as to why these types of things are actually valuable. And so I think that's the unique challenge that we have here is both needing to you know, talk to a group of early adopters here who understand you know, Web3 and crypto and the ownership piece to it, but when we step out of that sort of bubble, membership, I guarantee, does not mean the things that you yeah. and I think it means up here right now to, to the broader public. And so, yeah, I think we're seeing a number of really interesting products. I mean, to me, and I think I'll, I'll close off by just really asking what you are most excited about. We have a minute left here. But to me, I'm most excited about seeing the talent that is coming into the space that has deep product experience and is applying that. I think we'll really see the, the next sort of wave. But maybe, Bradley, what are you, what are you most excited about? Yeah, and so at Roll, like, we're not going to build the next great social token platform. Um, so we're going to see, you may see someone form like a podcast network where every podcast gets a token. You may see someone reinvent Twitter spaces or Clubhouse and every room has a token. Predicting the future of this is largely like predicting the future of video over the next 20 years. Like, good luck. You know, there's going to be massive winners, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try really hard, too. I love it. And Rob, so, how about you? I want to make sure he's got yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, real quickly, I, I'm just really passionate about uh, people trying to figure out how to help people pursue their passion and, like, you know, really pursuing the things that matter to them and that gets them excited and up in the morning. And, and same thing for communities, uh, how they pursue their passion together. So I'm excited about that. I love it. Gentlemen, appreciate the conversation today and for all of you joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody.